Hi, I'm Guy Powell, and welcome to the next episode of the Backstory on the Shroud of Turin. If you haven't already done so, please visit GuyPowell.com and sign up for more episodes. I am the author of the upcoming book, The Only Witness, a historical fiction tracing a possible history of the Shroud over the last two millennia. Today we'll be speaking with Matt Collins. He is a Christian apologist and a student of the Shroud. We'll be talking about Christian apologetics and how it relates to the Shroud of Turin and also a really big thing that he's put together. And uh, Matt, you've started almost a whole new ministry. So let me tell you a little bit about Matt. He's a native of Georgia for the last 57 years, a UGA, Go Dogs, BBA, uh, 1988 on entrepreneurship. He's worked in uh, many different fields in hospital administration, financial consulting, but recently he's made some really big investments in the study of the Shroud of Turin. And lastly, he's a member of the Trinity Church in Sharpsburg, Georgia. Matt, welcome. Thanks for having me back, guys. Um, I've, I've been thrilled to you know, be on your podcast and I've loved watching the episodes. You've had some terrific people on and uh, I just appreciate you, uh, you having me on. Absolutely. So uh, we've already talked a little bit about what your backstory is on the Shroud, but tell us a little bit about that. But more importantly, the new thing that you want to talk about and uh, what you're showing us today, and we'll have a couple of videos on that separately from the podcast. But uh, go ahead, take over. So, you know, the first episode we had, we, we talked about what I was doing. And today we wanted to, um, to show everyone the, the sculpture uh, that was created here in Atlanta uh, just recently. And there, there really aren't all that many people that have seen it, but I know that... Um, that the podcast here, the show here, is going to be a great way to unveil uh, the sculpture of, of Jesus Christ, exactly how he looked, uh, based on the Shroud of Turin. Yeah, it's fascinating, and uh, you're right. We are going to be, I guess, unveiling it to the first time for the first time to uh, to the rest of the world. So, uh, thank you for the honor of uh, allowing me to do that with you. Well, we're we're thrilled to, to to work together on this, and um, it's such an important um, project. There's a lot of work to be done. And, um, you know, the, the work, of course, is in, involving helping somebody, anybody, uh, get to heaven. Yeah, absolutely. So what you did is you commissioned a sculpture of what we believe, as Shroudists, what we believe Jesus Christ may have looked like. Uh, what brought you to actually commissioning the work of uh, building that sculpture? Well, the, it's hard to explain other than the, the most simple explanation, which is God put me up to it. I can't say that there was any one particular, uh, it just, uh, the idea was put in my head. And, and so and it was a, there was a lot of clarity involved as to how to go about doing it. And I was just so fortunate to be able to, to get to hire uh, a guy like Martin Dow here in Atlanta, who was a very famous um, artist, to take on the project. And it just, the end result has been beyond my wildest uh, expectations. Yeah, it is a, uh, it really is truly a, uh, something that is past your expectations, certainly past mine. I'm uh, very amazed and, uh, and so tell us some of the decisions you had to make as you were building and having the building of the uh, sculpture being done. Well, we, we used the, the imagery from, from the shroud. One thing that's very important to, for people to understand is that without the shroud of Turin, there would be no sculpture. And this isn't the only sculpture of Christ ever made from the shroud. The other two 
that I know of are in Turin, Italy. But it's not like an artist just came up with, with this image of Christ. It, it was extracted from the Shroud of Turin. And, and the, um, the sculpture is an apologetic for the Shroud itself. And that's what I want to leave people with today is so they understand that. That it's not, it didn't just come out of thin air. It, it came from the Shroud. Yeah. So uh, you said it's now an apologetic for the Shroud. What exactly do you mean by that? What it means is, is that um, the two, the sculpture and the, the Shroud corroborate the Gospels. A lot of people that are Shroudies think of the the Shroud of Turin as the first gospel because it was, um, you know, we believe that it was created during the resurrection. And the, the gospels themselves, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, you know, were written um, a couple of decades later. So the first evidence of the resurrection, if you believe the Shroud is uh, authentic, and of course we do, is, is, is the Shroud. And we were able to to take the, through the use of a computer, we're able to take the, the image that's on the shroud and create a 3D image. And that 3D image is what uh, my sculpture used to, to build uh, a life-size sculpture of Jesus Christ. Yeah. So for anyone that wants to, um, an idea of, of what Jesus looked like in real life, we've got it. And what I'm doing with it is, um, you know, I'm a, I'm a public speaker, and I like to show people the sculpture. And what we want to do is uh, visit as many churches as possible and, and show them and talk about it. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, one thing that's interesting, so Christianity is defined by the resurrection. And, uh, well, obviously certainly Jesus' teachings, but really it was the resurrection that is the defining moment in Christianity. The shroud is the what is believed to be the witness, the only witness uh, of that instant. And then what you've done as building them this sculpture is you now have an apologetic for the shroud, which is the witness of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Well, the only problem with the, to me uh, with the shroud is that it's, uh, the image is faint. And so, if you were able, fortunate enough to see it in, in Turin, which isn't very often, they don't display it very often, uh, and of course it's in a glass case, it's hard to actually make out much from it. The, the slides that public speakers use, uh, the negative uh, from, from the image, of course you can make out the image uh, very clearly, but a sculpture is a lot better image than what you see on a slide. And uh, it's people are, are moved by it. And I think it's a very important way. Uh, it's, it, we've, we've broken new ground, I believe, in explaining the shroud. Again, that you can't have the sculpture without the shroud. And, um, but people are visual. And, and people have been, uh, the feedback has been, has been very, very positive for the few people that have seen it. Yeah, well, and uh, thank you for allowing me to be one of the first, and I am just absolutely amazed. You know, it's, it's interesting when you talk about, though, the shroud as being potentially an image of Jesus, and then you have the sculpture, which is now a 3D image of Jesus. 
and uh, yet some, some people like John Calvin back in the Reformation in the early Protestant church days actually wanted to remove images out of the church. So what do you think about the shroud and then of course the sculpture as being potentially what you would call a graven image? Well, that's a minority view and certainly Calvinists are uh, a minority. Uh, they certainly think that uh, would, would view the Shroud of Turin itself and my sculpture as something that would be uh, a violation of uh, the Second Commandment. I think most people uh, don't think of it that way, either the shroud or my sculpture. I hope not. Um, and I would I would say this that we don't um, you and I in particular. I'm I'm pretty sure we we don't worship the shroud of Turin, and I don't expect anybody to worship the sculpture that that I created of Jesus Christ. We worship the person that those two things represent. And that's a big difference, in my opinion. And um, honestly, as, as far as a, a commandment, um, I, don't, I don't think we violate the, the second commandment. And, and I would answer that question with this question. I, I would say, is it sinful to um, be dismissive of the shroud um, when there's a very good chance that, that it was the burial cloth of Jesus, and it was a, a, there's a very good chance that it was a receipt that, that God left us for the resurrection. And as you said, the resurrection is the seminal event of our faith. And, um, and Paul said, if, if Christ didn't rise, then, then we don't have any hope. And he did rise, and we've got a lot of hope. And a, 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 a sculpture that helps drive home that point is something that I thought was something that needed to be done. And uh, that, I think that makes a lot of sense, although it, um, I think I've seen it as well, and I know you have. Some pastors and preachers are less than enthusiastic about the Shroud. Why do you think that is? Well, let me say this. Uh, a pastor or uh, any person that speaks publicly about Christianity for a living, is their thought process isn't exactly the same as the typical um, congregant of either... Um, Catholic or Protestant church. I think a lot of, of Christians are very receptive uh, to the shroud. I hope they'll be very receptive to, to my sculpture. I think that there are millions of shroudies in the world. Um, a shroudie is someone that, that thinks that the Shroud of Turin is, is probably authentic. And uh, I'm certainly one of those, or I wouldn't have gone to the expense and, um, and effort to create um, the sculpture. But pastors have to think differently than that. Uh, they're, they're shepherds of, of their flock, and honestly, they're risk-averse, and a lot of them really don't know that much about the Shroud of Turin. Uh, I've, I've found that out myself. They, they haven't drilled down. A lot of them don't really care one way or the other. I spent a, a long time talking to a, a good friend of mine who is, um, has been a Protestant pastor for 30 years, and I showed him the sculpture, and he said he was, he was actually blown away by the sculpture. And he said, Matt, um, I'm, I'm not a, a shroud enthusiast. I don't know all that much about it and really don't care. Um, and he said that, um, but pastors in general 
are, are not going to view, many of them don't view the shroud as, in his uh, terminology, uh, his phraseology, um, a hill to die on. That's not, they don't want to stick their neck out for something that they think might not be authentic because there have been other things that have been out there that have been presented as authentic that, that maybe haven't been um, authentic. Uh, and what I told him was something that um, I thought was a good response to that. I said, you're totally, completely right. But because the, the resurrection is, is, is so important and central to our faith that, that we need to remember that the hill to die on um, is Calvary. And what we've done in, in promoting the Shroud of Turin and, and, and creating a sculpture on, you know, on my part uh, is, to, is to highlight that event. That is the, is the most important thing in our lives. Our salvation depends on the resurrection. And I think that the, the sculpture does a nice job of, um, of highlighting um, what happened to Jesus. He was, um, he was executed and nailed up to a cross. And it's hard to deny that 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 happened when actually when you when you see the sculpture. Mm. Well, you know, uh, to your point uh, about you know the, uh, the teaching of faith and then the resurrection. Certainly, I think we all, including pastors, that might doubt the shroud or might not necessarily maybe endorse isn't the right term, but um, you know promote it in a, in a way as being a part of the faith. Certainly, they are promoting resurrection. No question about it. Easter. Easter Sunday, Good Friday, the suffering, the passion, everything related to that is, is so important and taught so well. And then, but the other thing though that is interesting is that it, 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 to some extent it's the culmination of all the Gospels. And the pastors and preachers and priests, they're teaching also all of that culmination up to that seminal moment of Easter, Easter Sunday and the resurrection and the empty tomb. And one of, one of the things, though, that I find is really fascinating is how you have, with the sculpture, have corroborated so much that's in the, in the, in the four Gospels about the resurrection. Tell us a little bit about what you've done there. Well, it's, impo it's important to understand that, um, that the shroud and, and the sculpture uh, corroborate the, um, the other four Gospels. Remember, um, we were talking earlier that that some people believe that the Shroud of Turin is the, is the first gospel because it documents uh, if it's authentic, and there's a very good chance that it is, that it, that it actually documents uh, the resurrection and is a receipt, uh, so to speak, for the resurrection. And, um, you know, when I, when I get up in front of a crowd, I, I don't say that there's a 100% chance that, that uh, the Shroud is authentic, or, uh, but because nobody could ever prove that a hundred percent. But I do think that it is, um, if you think about it, it's, it's, it's kind of simple to uh, be dismissive of something that is proof of the resurrection, if, if it is authentic. And if God left us that, then um, if we're dismissive of it, um, I, I think I think that that in itself is sinful. Mm. That's just my personal opinion, uh, and I think that that pastors maybe that are that are um, on the fence uh, 
ought to uh, at least uh, give their their uh, their congregants a, the opportunity to make up their minds for themselves, and and because a pastor thinks differently than than they do on this particular mm-hmm. uh, point, they they have to be risk averse, and they but they view the shroud as risky, and um, in in some ways, and not all of them, but some do, um, and. I would love to speak to the ones that that are maybe uh, don't have an opinion one way or the other, but want to help people make up their own mind, because you and I certainly believe, and I think that that it, that that it is authentic, and um, it certainly it might be. Yeah, yeah. Well, and I agree with that. I mean, there is there is no such thing as certainty, and uh, but being well, the resurrection is certain. But being 100% certain that the shroud is the true image of the resurrection, there, who knows, there could be a couple of things that, uh, that might come out that would prove that it's false. I don't believe that necessarily, and I'm, I'm in the 99.9% sure me, that it is. Let me say this. I don't think many people know all that much about the particulars of the shroud. I think that a lot of people, a lot of um, churchgoers, have a, an impression, uh, a gut feeling, um, and I don't blame them for having a gut. It's easy, I think, to have a gut feeling that it uh, that it's authentic. Um, you and I know that uh, that for someone, an artist, uh, a medieval artist, to have come up with uh, the imagery, to have painted on the imagery uh, of, of the shroud is is kind of ridiculous. It is, um, but a lot of people that are uh, skeptics of the shroud haven't drilled down on any of those reasons um, and they certainly don't uh, most of them have no idea that, that 33 scientists in uh, 1978 studied the, the shroud for um, for five days and left with more questions than they had when they got there they were they were there to dis- to discern whether or not the uh, the imagery was uh, applied by a human and and the answer is no and the carbon-14 dating that came uh, a decade later did not convince those 33 scientists that um, that 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 that, uh, that it was a uh, some kind of fraud. Mm. There's there's no explanation for the image that's on the shroud in terms of. To the, I mean, they can't explain it. There, it's uh, it's a paper thin image. Uh, it was not painted on there. Uh, nobody could have painted that on there. Um, it's, it's, it's that when you when you really give it a lot of, of, of thought, uh, that's it's, it's kind of ridiculous. Well, and secondly, too, you also showed the uh, sudarium, which is the face cloth that was applied uh, around Jesus' head right before he was brought to the tomb. And uh, it's interesting, they carbon dated both of the shroud and the face cloth, and both of them have different dates. And yet there are so many pieces of corroboration between both items with the blood stains and the markings and other things that one actually corroborates the other. And if that's true, then that uncorroborates the carbon-14 te- uh, testing that was done on both of them. Well, I think that one thing that I hope to clear up in, uh, when I speak to groups uh, is that people uh, don't understand that they're two separate claws that the sedarium, which was put over Jesus' face when he was still on the cross, uh, is not the same as the Shroud of Turin. Uh, there's no image of, of Christ on the sedarium. 
there certainly, of course, is on the, on the Stroud of Turin. And I think that uh, I've found that, that people don't understand that, and I hope to help to, to clear that up some. But, uh, because, because clearing that, that, that up and showing the, uh, the replica that I have of the sedarium, the, the face cloth, um, and the shroud can, I think, clear up for people when they read the scriptures, uh, in particular John, that, um, that the shroud does corroborate John and the, and the other gospels. Mm-hmm. And without that cooperation, I, I wouldn't personally be as excited as I am about it. Uh, but they do corroborate each other. Yeah, and I think that's a, an, an enormous point with, uh, with, with the shroud, the face cloth, and the gospels. And, and I like your point, too, about the shroud being the first gospel. It's kind of the, a historical, not written, but certainly an image that really shows what, uh, what probably happened uh, you know, during the resurrection and certainly the evidence of the passion. And each one of the points on that shroud corroborate exactly what's written in, in, those, in the following four Gospels, which were written, like you said, decades later. I think it's, I think it's simple to, to be, this is just a personal opinion, of course, I think it's simple to be dismissive of it. To, um, we're, not, we're certainly not dismissive of the other four Gospels. <laughs> and that certainly would be simple. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I get it that, that pastors in particular, many of them, um, are skeptical and, and, or, and don't want to stick their neck out for something that might be um, not authentic. I, I can understand that. Mm-hmm. I just would uh, make an appeal to them to um, uh, let people decide for themselves. Yeah, yeah. So uh, anything else you want to bring up today uh, that we haven't covered? No, I've, I've, I think I've been I've been reading your book, and um, and I'm I just really think that that what you've done here with the podcast is um, was very very needed, and I'm glad to be a part of it. And I think that there's a lot of work to be done in terms of the uh, of, of promoting uh, the shroud, and I hope that I've been able to to break some new ground. And I would love to uh, to speak to. Anybody that, that wants to, to hear me speak about uh, and show the, the sculpture, I'm mobile. Um, I, I carry around the sculpture in my car, uh, the body in my car. And so I'll, you get to uh, drive the HOV lane. That's right, that's right. <laughs> Who and would I say he's not a living sculpture? That's right. Body. Um, I can also, and I, I've, asked, I've been asked if, if, if people can, can rent um, the sculpture and, and that I, I can certainly work with somebody on that. I don't have to be uh, a speaker at an event. They might want, you know, there might be a church that wanted to, that wants to display the, the sculpture for a week or so and have an exhibit. Because yeah. I've got other pieces of, of the of the puzzle. I've got the uh, the Roman flag room. I've got, of course, the replicas of the shroud that we've seen in the videos and uh, other things that are would make it a resurrection exhibit, so to speak. And the point of an exhibit would be to have it for more than one day and to have as many people come in and, and view it as possible. It certainly can be an attraction to get people in the church. Mm. Yeah, I think you're right. And I think uh, certainly in terms of what it's able to show and, and be able to bring to people that are, um, you know, that are Christians to be able to see that, yes, those Gospels are true and here is then what came out of it and here is then exactly what Jesus suffered during that Passion 
and uh, there's the you know the, the shroud is the is the proof of that. If one person uh, sees the sculpture uh, or sees an exhibit with all the other things that I have in it, if one person is moved by that to uh, strengthen their faith because of seeing it, then then that's then mission accomplished. I agree with that 100%. My book, I've written it exactly for that reason. If I can bring just one person to Christ, I will have succeeded. So, uh, Matt, thank you so much. It's been fascinating. Uh, we are going to have a, a number of different videos of all of the different materials that that uh, Matt has put together. He has a, uh, a replica of the shroud. He has a replica of the face cloth, the Sudarium of Oviedo. And then lastly, of course, the uh, Pièce de Résistance. He has a sculpture that is based directly from the image that's seen on the, on the shroud. Matt, thank you so much, and uh, hopefully you and I together in some fashion, some, in some way, we will bring uh, people to Christ through what we're doing. Thank you again. Thanks, good guy.